Jade Software presents Beta and Beyond, the RegTech Modernization Podcast. Hi, welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we've got a really interesting talk. It's one with some absolute gold for anyone wanting to win the hearts and minds of those they are looking to get buy-in for a transformation project. As many of you are well aware, people tend not to like change, even if they acknowledge that it's imperative for the continuing survival and success of their organization. And we all know that one of the best strategies for mitigating this is communication. Plenty of it at that. So we have one of New Zealand's expert speaking coaches to talk to us through some ideas to help us with this communication, as well as some networking advice which can apply equally to external as it does internal situations. So without further ado... Welcome to Beats and Beyond. I'm Christian Sachs, the head of Insight at Shade Software. I'm helping our teams to find and validate new product ideas. And this is... Michael Philpott, uh, expert in public speaking, presenting and pitching. So I help people to win the hearts and minds of any audience on any stage. Welcome. Hey. So, Michael, we worked before, so I was interested, how do you uh, create engaging stories? What are the key elements for those? Key elements that I use uh, when I'm working with people, uh, very similar to pit the pitching concept, right? So. Um, and building a website and marketing yourself, all of those types of elements. So I use a very broken down version that only has five components, which are problem, pain, solution, promise, urgency. There right. you go. So I use those uh, oftentimes when I'm working with clients and those, those five work really nicely for lining up a, a story, story arch. Mm. But one of, the, one of the key things that I see that's missing when people are doing storyline creation or doing presentations anyway is a, a unifying story that ties all of their content together. Mm -hmm. That's always what's missing when people have a problem connecting with the audience. Right. Uh, just a clear narrative. So even just that simple model there helps create a clear narrative. Okay. Yep. So for aspiring speakers, like what are the common mistakes that you observe speakers make? Cool. There are five that I've identified, um, and they're kind of like a little self-fulfilling prophecy. So the first one is uh, people procrastinate, right? So uh, oftentimes a lot of the people I work with will come to me and they're like, hey Michael, I've got a presentation or a talk coming up, and I'm like, great, when is it? And they're like, it's like in two weeks. And I'm like, sweet, when did you know about it? They're like, three months ago. Mm. It's like, okay, cool. So. Procrastination is the biggest issue that most people face because the with a talk you have to prepare for something that's not going to be for three months mm. and life gets in the way and that for, for most people it's like there's something else that's more important uh, that's right in front of them. The other part of procrastination is for a lot of people it's an uncomfortable experience to have to sit down and write a script or think about what you're going to say. Uh, it takes a lot of energy and effort so they just put it off mm. naturally. So first one, procrastination. Second one, they don't write scripts. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of a fallacy, a belief that we see really good speakers get on stage and they never have any notes. Right. Which means that they never wrote a script, they're just really good at what they do. And the problem with that is it's a lie because any great speaker started off writing a script. They, it might be a really short one, like five minutes, they delivered it, they delivered it, they delivered it, and then they made a 10 minute script. The first five minutes was the original, the second five minutes is an mm. ad. And then they delivered it and delivered it and delivered it. And then they work up to an hour long talk mm. that they've just practiced a hundred times over. And it's gone from a little script to a big script. 
but we accidentally see them get up there and go, that's just how people speak naturally, and it's not correct. So uh, people not writing scripts cause a problem. Um, the other one is having uh, not timing their talks. Right. So I've been to a lot of events, and there's nothing worse for an event host than people that go over their time by a significant amount. I think the realistically an event host will give you probably about 30 seconds that you're allowed to go over. Anything more than that, if you're going over the time because you think you're adding value to your talk and to your audience, you're not. Because your audience is by now gone, like if someone rings a bell mm. and you keep talking for two minutes after it, people aren't listening to you anymore, they're starting to doubt your ability to keep to your time frame, right? So you're actually losing credibility. Uh, the fourth one is creating really bad slide decks is one of the bigger mistakes, right? Um, and I, I know this happens, this is a big thing with a lot of the coaching I do, is just looking at people's content and going, what, what's going on? Mm. You know, like, why are you trying to feed so much into there? And we've known this for 30 years, you know. Um, uh, Guy Kawasaki's 30 point, point font type thing, you know. It's mm. like, we've known it for years, so why do I keep seeing terrible slide decks popping up? Uh, it's just, it just shouldn't be happening. Uh, the last one is obviously people aren't practicing their delivery. So they put, if they do put in the time, energy and effort to create a good script, um, by the time they've done that, they, they don't prepare by delivering it. Mm. And oftentimes that's because, well, what, what would I be practicing if I was practicing my delivery? Now there's a really weird thing, which is, um, if you want to get better at speaking, you just need to practice more. And my question for people is, practice what? What, what are you practicing? Just saying your talk over and over out loud. Mm. If you keep practicing the same way you've always done something, you're just going to be better at doing the thing you've always done. So uh, when you're practicing, you need to be practicing with purpose. You need to know what it is that you're going to do differently that's going to make you better. Mm. So as I said, a self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, if you make the first mistake of procrastination, you cannot not make those other four mistakes. So start early. So essentially, uh, take control of the situation <clears throat> and start as straight away, as soon as, you, as soon as you find out that you're asked to speak. And normally I send out a welcome pack to people, right, when, mm. I, when, I engage, when they engage with me to work. And the, the welcome pack has a series of questions that are pretty straightforward that will help to get people straight on task, which is, uh, when is your uh, talk due to be delivered? How long is it? Uh, will you be speaking from a lectern or from a, uh, or are you speaking freestyle? That makes a huge difference on how you're going to practice. Um, uh, what is the format of your talk? Um, what are you going to wear? Mm. All of these associated questions. Have you researched the venue you're going to be speaking at? All of the things that, once you start doing that, you can then start to prepare. And the most important question, oftentimes people will be asked to speak in an event and they'll be given a really ambiguous frame within to speak. So, Christian, can you come along to our event and speak about tech? Sure. Could you imagine if you went away with just kind of like, talk to us about AI? Mm. And it's like, well, how big is the subject of AI? Exactly, yeah. It's massive, right? Yeah. So, you would feel anxious around writing anything and even getting started because it's like, where do I begin? I could speak for hours on the subject and you've given me 15 minutes. Mm. So it makes it really hard for you and it creates anxiety and stress, right? Sure. Which leads to fear, which leads to procrastination. So whenever you, if you put in a position like that, there's a question that works really well, which mm -hmm. is, 
by the end of my 15 minutes talking about AI, yep. what do you want the audience to be able to do? Yep. When they answer that question, you have your specifics, which you that can then build your talk from. So there you go. So start at the end and basically work back. Pretty much. Like, and start early. Start at the end and start early. The more clarity you have around exactly what you want, uh, they want you to say, uh, the easier it will be for you to construct it. Makes sense. So networking. Networking is hard, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, here's, here's, here's an interesting point, right? So people oftentimes would consider me as an extrovert, right? Like, right. you're an extroverted person, you must love being around people and, and networking and talking to them and all that type of stuff. I do it for a job. Mm -hmm. I speak for a living, I'm around people, that's part of my job, which means that when I'm getting paid for it, that's something I do. Mm. Um, I'm actually ambivert, which means I recharge my energy by being not around people. Mm -hmm. An extrovert gets energy or recharges by being around people. Yep. So I am ambivert, I get it from both points. But if I'm around people too much, it's draining. Mm. And I definitely need to get away to... That's our alarm. Um, I definitely need to be able to get away to be able to recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. So networking for me is something that there has to be a really good reason why I'm doing it, mm -hmm. a good purpose for it. Um, it can't just be for the sake of networking. Yep. Um, so I have to have a goal in mind. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to end up standing on by, by myself yep. at some event going, why am I here? And I think the mental approach to networking has to be in the right place before you go. Yeah. You know, you've got to have, have be in the right mind frame. So if, if you roll into any environment with the wrong mind frame, you're going to have a negative outcome. So, you know, this is the reason why I'm going to that networking event. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else do you got? Well, so how does the Christchurch Local help with that? Ah, so I'll back up on that one. Okay. Because, because I know you had another question, which was, um, if I walked into a room uh, and I didn't know anyone, what might be a really good approach? Yeah. So that, that was a question, which is a great question. So what I've found is that, because people do this to me all the time, uh, Though, if, if we're in a group, right, because there's nothing more scary when it comes to networking than walking into a room, mm. uh, it's full of people you don't know, but what happens is there are clumps of people that are already talking and know each other. Exactly. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you break into that group of people without being rude and offensive? So, uh, the best way that I've seen and experienced when people do it to me is they just come and stand next to you, they kind of acknowledge you, like I'm here, mm. uh, you see them, but that person stays quiet until whatever conversation is happening within the group stops. And then that group will go, oh, hi, and they'll acknowledge you because you're there. Um, rather than just kind of bowling in and making yourself, your presence made by mm. interrupting a conversation and getting everyone to start talking to you. Because all that will happen is that the group will actually break up and walk away from you yeah. after you've finished talking. So that's the easiest way to engage in that. But the second part is networking is hard work. Mm. And that is why uh, I took over the running of LinkedIn Local Christchurch because my belief is that yes, you can go on a how to network workshop, right? And you can learn all of the tricks and stuff like that, how to be more interesting, all of those types of things. But I've always believed in the value of host responsibility. Mm. So if someone comes to your house, you don't just give them a you know lukewarm cup of bad coffee and a crusty pie, and then you know uh, go hey, good luck. There are heaps of people at my house who've come over to visit. Just go, you know, you know. 
have, have fun with that. You would literally go, hey, welcome to my house. Um, here's a, not a bad cup of coffee. Here's a, you know, maybe a scone. And you would walk them in and go, hey, you know, like, uh, I'm gonna introduce you to some people, make you comfortable, I'll get some conversation going, and that would be a good host. Mm. And more and more, that's what we're seeing a desire for in New Zealand. Right. So my background with the training and development that I did for 20 years was to quickly engage people and make them feel comfortable in a room. Mm. That's what we're doing with LinkedIn Local, is we're just purely networking, but with facilitated, curated interaction. So people can walk in the room, and they will be looked after for the entire duration that mm. they're there. And they will be matched up with people and they'll be given conversation points. The cheesiest way to describe it would be speed networking, but right. it's just not that horrible. Better than that. Better than that. It's really tastefully done. Mm. Yeah. And so what are the challenges you see when you coach people from the tech industry? Tech industry is pretty straightforward. I mean, the people who are experts in their field, um, whether it's tech or whether it's aerospace or whether it's any of those mm. industries, but tech in particular have a, a constant sort of wanting to show how much they know. Right. You know, so it's like I know a lot of stuff about, let's say, um, whatever the tech thing might be. Um, I'll get on stage and I'll speak in my language for a start, um, but I, I refuse to simplify my messaging. Mm. Uh, and whether it's an academic ego that's getting in the way of it, um, I've often been coaching people and they've sort of said, I've said, dumb it down, and they're like, I already did. Mm. And I'm like, well, I don't understand it. Mm. So my, you know, here's a definition of what I do, right? So I walk into a room and I do the thing that most adults my age would refuse to do, which is meet someone who's probably pretty high profile in their role, who's pretty special and pretty important, mm. and I sit in a room and I, I, they'll start telling me their talk and I'll stop them and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And I'm pretty sure that 99.9% .9 of people in their world pretend that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because it's probably their job to know what they're talking about. Mm. And they can't say, I don't know what you're talking about because it would make them look like they're incompetent, right? So I get to do the thing that everyone else in the world refuses to do. Right. Admit that I don't know something. And the idea of that is I'm not a textbook which means that oftentimes 50% of your audience will be uh, tech-oriented, mm -hmm. uh, and the other percent are consumer-based. They're the people who don't know about what you're doing, but they want to know and they want to purchase it. So if you're only speaking to 50% of the room, you're losing out. And what's the point in preaching to the choir when it comes to tech? <laughs> like, they're not going to buy your product. They're tech experts. Yeah. They love the fact that you're speaking in that way but you're missing out on the other 50% who want to buy what you have. So, I mean, for better use of the word, dumbing down your content mm. is really smart. Yeah. yeah. So kind of make it work for a five-year-old. Totally for a five-year-old, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So, uh, Michael, how can people get in touch with you and find more about what you do and how you can help them? So I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. That's, sure, that is my, that. that's my <laughs> platform, right? Um, so just reach out to me through LinkedIn. I'm also, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn's the way to go. Just send me a message. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming over today. No worries. So thanks for joining us again on Beta and Beyond. We'd really appreciate if you either left a review or shared this podcast with your network. We'll see you back here soon for the next show.